Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Monday, March 18th, 2019, and I'm Steve Peasley. And I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will also call me today and ask well, any financial questions you want to talk about. Now, on Invest Talk and at KPB Financial, our firm, uh, we implement a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And what that means is I buy the same thing for myself as I do for my clients at the same price, same time. So, you know, I'm sharing our success or our failure with my clients. And of course, I don't like failure. We don't, that's not we frown upon here. But also, you know, we don't buy other people's information or tell us what we should buy or not buy. We do all our own research. We make decisions on what to buy and sell. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't buy other people's information. We buy their, we buy data, but we come up with our own ideas. And that's what we mean by independent thinking and shared success. And of course, all this is to achieve the goal of financial freedom for everybody, including my own, everybody, everybody in my office, and for all our clients. Today, in this hour, I'm going to be do my best to help you get there, independent financial freedom. That's where you want to be, and I'm going to help you get there. So that um, to do that, I answer questions. I talk about what's happening in the financial news and all kinds of things during the day. But I, but primarily, you drive the show. Your questions drive the show. So I'm taking your live calls right now. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. We're open Monday through Friday. We're we're live Monday through Friday, four to five Pacific time. We had a bunch of news today. The S&P and the Nasdaq are coming off the best week they've had in a long. Last week was one of the best weeks we've had all year. Now the two weeks before they weren't so good, but last week it was very good. So in this climate, has, this pro, pro, has the prospect of the China-U.S. trade agreement already been baked into the market? Has it been? In traders' mind, is China trade viable? Is that are we in a rearview mirror looking back? In other words, you know that old saying, buy the rumor and sell the news, was last week's the rumor of the trade deal happening? Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe we'll see a lot a lot better market after the trade deal gets signed, if it gets signed. But remember, we've had a lot of tweets from the president, but we haven't had any concrete really news about the China-U.S. trade deal. So, we'll have to wait and see. According to a new study published by a team of economists at leading American universities, President Trump's trade battles have cost the U.S. economy $7.8 billion in lost gross domestic product. Now, I find this humorous. Do you remember how big our economy is? It's $20 trillion. And they're talking about how bad... Uh, the U.S. trade battle has hurt our economy by, by $7.8 billion. That is nothing. They might be a little biased, do you think, against Mr. Trump? Do you think, President Trump? I think so. But there's no doubt that, you know, 
trade tariffs do hurt both sides. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So why is he doing it? Why is he pushing so hard to get a to get a trade deal that he wants to be? You know? It's very simple. We have bent over backwards. The world has bent over backwards, accommodating China as it's been growing. Whether we're afraid that they'll do something crazy or whatever, but think of all the think of all the stuff they steal, and I'm talking about theft. All the technology, all, they, they have, they've been stealing it, and we've been letting them. The whole world has been letting them. Isn't it about time we stood up to them? And their, their economy is going to be $14 trillion. By far the second largest. You know, the, uh, you know Germany's $5 trillion. Japan, 4 or $5 trillion. You know, France, 2 or $3 trillion. I mean, that's how big their economies are. So why are we bending over backwards? We shouldn't. We need to, we need a fairer trade deal with China. The world does, and no one's ever stood up to them till now. And up to them till now. Good, bad, or different, however you think about it. The National Association of Home Builders is suggesting that if you've been house hunting for a while, you may be getting frustrated by the process. You could be at risk for the home buyer's booze. Why? Potential home buyers are being squeezed in multiple directions. The supply of home, affordable homes remains very tight. And prices are still rising. Some prices in December rose about 4.7%. At the same time, wages are rising, but not nearly as much. So wages only rising what? 1%, 2%? Home prices are rising 47 So they're getting out. Getting out of out of reach for a lot of people. So that's that. And Burger King, the burger business, Burger King, has fallen way behind McDonald's and Wendy's because of breakfast options. So they they have they got to think of something. So what this is what Burger King has come up with. I, this, and it's a shot at Starbucks, by the way. They are offering a coffee subscription for five dollars per month. Customers can come in, get free coffee anytime at Burger King. This means that if you join the Burger King coffee plan and pick up just one cup of coffee a day for 30 days, you're getting it for 17 cents a cup. Now, I think that's a great deal if you're a big coffee drinker. Now, as you can tell, there's always, always, always news to report and things going on. Interesting news, I think. But, of course, our purpose here is to answer your questions. So, let's go ahead and talk to John in Santa Cruz. How are you doing, John? Hi, Steve. Uh, great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Um, I'm calling about uh, Gaslog, um, G-L-O-P, Gaslog Partners. And I'm interested. I'm wondering if uh, it's not the ordinary shares, the preferred shares. Ah, so how much are they paying? I think it's an 8.5%. What's the interest rate? Okay. Uh, preferred shares, everybody, are preferred shares. Those are stock shares called preferreds, and they act more like a bond than a stock price, than a stock moving up and down. They Preferreds move up and down with interest rates, just like a bond. So what you do is you look at the underlying company that issued it, just like you would if they were issuing bonds. You look at the underlying company that issued the preferreds to make sure that they can afford it. Now, 
Gas Log Partners limit is a limited partnership, a limited partnership that owns and operates three liquefied natural gas carriers under multi-year contracts. So they're liquefied natural gas carriers, which which I think is probably a, a growing area because um, uh, because Europe is going to need our liquefied gas natural gas because we have so much of it. Um, otherwise, they're going to be totally dependent on Russia. And I don't think they want to do that. Their, their company is going to make $2.11 this year, $2.15 next year. That's growth of about 22% over two years. Uh, sales growth is shrinking about 5% for the last four or five quarters. Before that, they were going pretty strong. But recently, sales have been kind of falling off a little bit. Nothing tremendous. Um, let's see. The, the PE is kind of high. For them, it's only 13, and you would think 13, that's a pretty low P, but for GasLog, GLOP, GasLog Partners Limited, their their five-year range is 2 to two to 15, and that's at 13 right now. So it's not cheap based on their own, you know, uh, their, own, their, own, their own movement of their stock. Um, their would $22 be stock. Would it a correction? Yeah, they had a decent correction in uh, right with the market right in December, and they've come yeah. back. They got all the way down to about eighteen. They're back to twenty-two. It's never going to be a screamer up or a screamer down. And these are the best time to buy these is when the market is weak. If the market weakens, let's take these go down with them. But it is a pretty decent dividend, and they should be able to keep a pretty high dividend. Uh, and they can pay nine percent. Uh, dividend, so I'm pretty sure they can afford the the, the preferred as well. Uh, they don't have a lot uh -huh. of debt, so yeah, it's a pretty strong company. I think you're safe if you want to hold on to the dividend. I think it's. Well, I don't want to use the word safe. You're pretty secure. How's that? Pretty secure. John, appreciate the call. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. Gas Log Partners Limited, everybody. It is a limited partnership, so be aware of the tax implications of that. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today for Justin. He usually does Mondays, and this is and this is a mess talk, everybody. I do want to mention this. We have had several email messages from listeners who have noted that our audio stream is affected by the intermediate breakups or distortion. Well, this is true, and yes, it's a technical issue. We are working on a correction. So please bear with us for a while. I hope we can get it fixed pretty quickly. For now, I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. In today's market, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. This is Invest Talk, and you've come to the right place. Steve Peasley is here today for Justin Klein, and Steve is taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go ahead and talk to uh, Tom Lam in Bay Area. How you doing, Tom Lam? Uh, hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call, and I appreciate your show. I really like it. Thank you. Uh, my question is about wage growth. It seems like it's stalled with the unemployment rate being very low and the home prices going up, as you mentioned. 
and uh, also the trade tariffs. So this is an environmental wage code. Why do you think the wage code has been have stalled? Well, the wage growth has picked up in recent months, a uh, recent month or two, but for all last year, it was only about 1.2% for the year. So, um, it, wage growth has just, hasn't even kept up with inflation, which was like 1.8 or 9 last year. Or, so, it hasn't even kept up with inflation. Uh, full employment, you would think, with the full employment, the wages would start to move up, and we're finally starting to see a little bit of that, finally in the last couple of months on the wage numbers. Um, but why hasn't it before? You know, I wish I was smart enough because even the Federal Reserve, they thought it was going to go up. Inflation was going to go up. Wage inflation and other inflation was going to go up last year and didn't get hardly any of it. So they didn't know either why it's not being pushed up. It might be because of the poor showing in economies other than here in the U.S., outside the U.S. Europe, for instance, you know, uh, Maybe our maybe since we're such a global economy, we're all tied in that maybe that if they don't have any wages uh, wage inflation, we're not going to have any wage inflation. It's hard to know because it, logic would dictate that we would, you know, would have wage inflation, but we don't have hardly any. But I do think it pick up this year, but I don't know if it's going to pick up that strong. So I'm sorry, I don't have the answer. It should logically go up. Should have went up last year because of the uh, low unemployment rate. Appreciate the call. Thanks for thanks for the call and thanks for the question. It's a very good question. I wish I just had an answer for it. I don't think anybody has an answer for it, really. I mean, I've been you know I read constantly and I've read numerous articles about it, and most of them are most of the experts, quote unquote experts, don't have an answer. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peaslin. I think you should know that Justin Klein and I are independent financial advisors. We have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of our clients ahead of the firm. And one way we do that is with parallel investing. As I stated earlier, it's simply, it's very simple. Our money rides along with the clients. We buy and sell the same thing, same percentage, same time. My personal investments are with yours. So that's how we treat. We call it parallel investing. You can learn more anytime at investdot.com. I'm taking your questions now. 888-99 chart. This is Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, there's a treasure trove of wealth-building information freely accessible right now at investtalk.com. You'll find investment strategies and unbiased guidance. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, our main talking point today. As J.P. Morgan Chase builds out its web of bank branches across the U.S., J.P. Morgan branches, uh, it's launching into areas long dominated by the two biggest rivals of theirs, Bank of America and Wells Fargo. So what does that mean? Actually, that means, well, we'll get into that. I don't want to, you know, I'm getting all excited. I want to talk about it now. Also, protecting your portfolio now, how and how should you do that? And I'm, not, I'm not talking about getting out of the market. I'm not. 
but there's things you can do and you should be doing right now. Can the S&P rally continue? And if it does, why, why would it continue? What would be driving it? We talked about this off and on, but you know, there, there's, going to be, there's going to be really five things that could drive the market. But I think most of them have to happen. Not just one of them can happen. There you go, drive the market up. Don't think so. And if you want to be a, you, you want to have a bad retirement, I got a list of things you can do to have a really bad retirement. Things you can do to have a bad retirement. Not a good one, bad one. And that's what we're going to talk about. Of course, you come first. What do you guys want to talk about? The market was up today. The Dow was up 65, the Nasdaq up 26, and the SP up 10. So it's continuing its little rally from last week. Do you think it's going to continue up? I figured it out. It's I, I think it's right around five or six percent below its ultimate high that it made what last September. So I think that's about where we are. We're talking about the overall market, still about there. But it, it as of today, as of today, it breached. Uh, it did breach it on Friday actually, but today it closed above the most recent high. It just made it like three weeks ago. So, that was right at the end of February. So, the market fell hard, or yeah, not that hard, but for the first week or two in February, I mean March, first week, week and two weeks in March, and now this uh, last week, maybe it was the last week of February and first week of March, no, sideways that last week in February, and then it fell the first week of March, and then it started to come back. Okay, so that's, and it broke above where it, peaked just recently, but it's still well below 5-6% below that October, late September peak uh, made last year. So the question we all have to ask, are we going to are we gonna get a, a continued rally and what's going to be the drivers? I got to, I'm going to talk about that. But first we're going to go to Yvonne. How you doing Yvonne? San Jose. Oh, oh hi Steve. Um, I heard you talk about the AT&T many times, and I, I'm interested mm-hmm. at the other company called the Verizon. Um, uh-huh. I have not heard you recommend a Verizon. I try to understand, you know, whether Verizon is a good stock to buy right now. And that, oh, and the other one is Spring. Actually, I think Verizon is better than ATT. Just remember, Yvonne, when I talk about AT&T, that's because people are calling me about AT&T. You don't hear me recommend stocks. I don't recommend stocks. I answer questions about stocks. The SEC won't let me say like, oh, this guy's asking about AT&T, but I like Verizon better. You won't hear me say that because I'm not supposed to recommend stocks on the air. I can only answer questions. So now that you've asked me about Verizon and you you talked about AT&T, I can say I like Verizon better than AT&T. But why? Why do I like it better? Because I think they have a little bit better network, a little bit better growth prospects. Um, they're both, you know, they're huge homongolous, both AT&T and Verizon. Uh, Verizon pays a 4.2% dividend and to AT&T, you have to give up the growth a little bit, but they pay a 6.6 dividend. So, you know, if you're buying just for the dividend, you might want to consider AT&T. But I think Verizon has a little bit better growth prospects. Okay, Yvonne, appreciate the call. Thank you, and I'm yeah. glad you brought that up so I can clarify that. Thank you. 
Okay, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So the market was up today. It was up last week. Uh, so we're having a little bit of mini rally here in the last week and one day. Um, but remember, the market rallied, you know, since the end of December. You know, I mean, it just shot up in January and February. And reclaimed a lot of the pain that it produced. So it's just, uh, we're getting close to where the high was. We're not there yet. About 5% away. So up 65 for the Dow this today, up 26 for the NASDAQ, and up 10 for the S&P. Um, so how do you protect your portfolio after this run-up? Do Should you? What should you be doing? Well, never, ever, 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 ever get out of the market completely. Don't ever get out of the market completely. That's never a good idea because the market has an upward bias, and then you're trying to guess a top. And you can't do that. But there are things you can do to help protect your portfolio against weakness. And we're going to go over those. On the next Invest Talk, Lyft will reportedly launch a roadshow for their up to $2 billion IPO, initial public offering. Lyft is trying to head off investor interests in a planned Uber IPO. And that's going to be the story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Pisa, and I'm going to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance. They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments. Instead, Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through investtalk.com. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial. Steve and Justin are always grateful when you make Invest Talk a part of your daily routine. And their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278, our main talking point today. As J.P. Morgan Chase builds out its web of bank branches, it's now getting right into Wells Fargo and uh, Bank of America's backyard. I mean, they're expanding hugely in in uh, Charlotte, Raleigh, North Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, Kansas City, Kansas, Minneapolis, Nashville, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Providence, Rhode Island, St. Louis. They're, they're, all this is doing is bringing in a ton of competition. And every time I ever see that in my history, it's good for you and me. It's good for us. We get more offers of free stuff or discount checking, free checking, whatever. We want competition. And I think this is a very a, very, a sign of a very healthy economy. And this is in addition to the competition of, from local banks. These are, these are just the three biggest. 
you know, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, now Chase Manhattan. These 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 are behemoths, behemoths. These banks, and the more they beat each other up, the better I like it. It's fine with me. So they're getting big, and and bigger. J.P. Morgan is in the they personal banking business as opposed to commercial banking business. You know, J.P. Morgan was known for its commercial, and then they bought uh, Chase, Chase Manhattan. That was more of a personal bank. When they combined, that made them pretty darn big, but big enough to compete with the other big boys. So I think this is a good turn for us, me, you, consumers. You want competition. You don't want a lack of competition. You want more of it. More of it. And, you know, that is a problem for the big techs. The more they get dominant, the more that they're going to attract government scrutiny. And you've seen it happen. It is going to get more and more and more of that. And, you know, I'm talking about Amazon, Google, Facebook, you know, Apple, you know, and Microsoft. Well, not so much Microsoft, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, they, they, they attract, they attract um, anti-competition, anti-monopoly uh, uh, efforts, and justifiably so. I mean, they should. So, I like competition. I want competition. 888-99 chart. We're going to talk to Art in Menlo Park. How you doing, Art? Good, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Appreciate the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I just had a question on uh, 1031 exchanges. I was just wondering, I know sure. that uh, you can uh, use it with investment properties, but I was just wondering, can you use it for primary residence? Well, you're going from a primary residence to another primary residence, is that what you're talking about? Yes. I believe you can, yes. A 1031 exchange, everybody, is normally you're, you're, you want to sell a property and buy a property, but you don't want to pay capital gains tax. Uh, and you can avoid it if you do what they call a 1031 exchange. But you have to buy, a, the art. you still have to buy an equal or higher price property to avoid, to, to do a 1031 exchange. I think that's one of the main rules. Higher price or equal price to exchange and you can avoid capital gains. Okay, but yeah, and I think you can do you that. have to uh, yeah. have the, uh, the um, I guess, uh, settlement date, uh, like 60 days um, from the date that yeah. you sell your property? Is that the way it works? Yeah, that's the tricky part of a 1031 exchange. You only have so many days, and I'm not an expert in this area, Art, but you do only have, I think it's 60 days, as you point out, that you have to sell the property and buy another property to do a 1031 exchange. So you can't sell the property and wait two years and then buy a property and say, oh, that's a 1031 exchange. I don't have to pay any capital gains. That doesn't work. You have to do it pretty quick. And sometimes it's pretty hard to coordinate that. I mean, you, yeah, you got to sell both. That's a pretty difficult task. Yeah. So they have some rules, yeah. and I'm not familiar with all the rules. So, Art, if you're going to do one of those, make sure you talk to an accountant so he can help you with that. Make sure we, you follow all the rules on that. Art, appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, protecting your portfolio. How, how do you protect your portfolio? And we're talking about right now because the market has done very well. It's come really off that, that low in December. It's made a pretty darn good comeback. What, and it's, it's approaching that double top of the market 
that we made um, um, in um, in September and October. And I'm going to say that this is close enough to be considered a double top. So now the question is, can it break through? Well, it may or may not. I don't know. But I think it's time to take a look at your portfolio and, and, and do some protection. And here's four things you can do. You can trim your positions, especially the big winners. You can trim them back down. Okay, trim them back down to maybe where you where you your original allocation was. If it was three percent of your portfolio and they became four, four and a half percent of your portfolio, trim it back down to three. Sell your underperformers if they haven't moved. If they didn't move in this most recent market move up, then maybe it's time to think about getting out of those. Take a look at why you bought them and do those reasons still stand? Are they core holdings or are they holdings that you expected to just rally and you're going to take profits on? If they're not core holdings, sell them. Place trailing stops on your non-core holdings. Okay, the ones that you're not going to hold forever. Make, you know, Keep the stock, but trail it, follow it up if it keeps moving up, but follow it with a stop. A stop is a sell point. If it falls or, or turns over and goes down a certain point, it's called a, a stop, and you get sold automatically because it does. And it could be a, you know, a break of a trend line. It could be a break of a shorter moving average. It could be you know, a 5% pullback, 10% pullback, whatever you feel comfortable with and what makes sense. And finally, balance your allocations. Balance it. If you, if you are trimming your big winners back down, you can buy defensive stocks. You can balance, the, balance your portfolio. And those are things you can do and still be in the market, but not be necessarily fully in the market. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peaslin, and I believe that every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance. And the first step in doing that, building that, building, building that, or uh, understanding what your risk tolerance is, and how to calibrate it, you can go take our risk tolerance uh, questionnaire on our website. It's free. And what it does, what it does, is it gives you a score. It's just a, a series of very short questions, not very many, of whether or not you would accept this much reward for this much possible pain. Okay, and it keeps. Get, asking those kinds of questions to figure out how much risk you're really willing to take. And it's free. It's riskalyzed. It's a riskalyzed question. They, they produce it. It's you know pretty sophisticated stuff. All you do is go to investtalk.com, investtalk.com with two T's. But now I'm ready to take any of your questions, ask any of your financial questions, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk listeners and KPP clients alike are invited to take advantage of the many products and services of KPP Financial. For example, the InvestTalk radio program and its podcast replays, the new online training experience, InvestTalk Academy, and the KPP premium newsletter distributed to subscribers each Friday. Learn more anytime at InvestTalk.com. The phone lines are open now, and you can call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Brian. I'm from Denver. And uh, I have a quick question about Care Trust. It's a REIT. Ticker symbol is Charlie Tango Romeo Echo. That's a C-T-R-E. I'm looking to take a small position. 
I was wondering what you guys thought about it. Look forward to hearing your answer. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, I don't want you to chase this. This thing has been going up since last May. Okay? And about last May, it was $12, and today it's $23. So, you know, it's almost doubled. Uh, don't chase things. Never chase a stock. Wait till it comes back down. And let's look at it. It's Care Trust Realty. It's a REIT, okay? A real estate investment trust that owns and operates 104 skilled nursing assisted living, independent living facilities in 27 states. It's a $2 billion company. And fundamentally, it looks really sound. Except it's a little bit pricey. But it looks really sound. And one of the reasons I like it is because it doesn't carry a ton of debt. It has debt, but not a ton of debt. Then I, that's always my biggest worry on REITs right now. People are going to have to start refinancing all this debt. And when they do, they're going to refinance at a lot higher rate than they were getting just a couple of years ago when the interest rates were zero from the Federal Reserve. This company has grown steadily, both in earnings and sales. Uh, so it's that's one of the reasons why the stock has gone up since last April, May, because people are seeing, oh, man, this one's really steady. It pays only a 3.5% dividend, though. Remember, REITs had to pay 90% of their income out in the form of a dividend uh, to qualify as a REIT. So that's like a $1.20, $1.30 uh, 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 based on their earnings, and that means that is about 4% or so dividend yield. So there's nothing absolutely wrong with this company. It looks really strong. It looks very good. But I would wait for a pullback. Matter of fact, it came down 2% today. Hopefully, this might be the beginning of a pullback for you, and you want to buy this on a pullback. The last time it went down, it, it gave back about almost two points from the top. And in this case, that would be down to $21, $21.50, something like that. That'd be about a 10% pullback. That's what I would wait for. You don't want to chase something that's done so well over a long period of time. You want to be more careful. Okay, looking at my broadcast clock, I can see that we do have time to fit in another caller from our 24-hour, 7-days-a-week listener line number. And this came in early at 888-99-CHART. Hello, I have a, just a general question. I'm a part owner of a very small biotech company, and we are being acquired by a slightly larger biotech company as part of their IPO. So to compensate us, they're going to give us some shares in their IPO. And I was just wondering if you guys had any thoughts about the downside of, of taking on such an endeavor uh, that is being part of a new company going through an IPO and having those restricted shares. Thanks. I love your show and take care. So that's the downside, restriction. Um, that, what that means, everybody, is when you go IPO and you're part of the ownership management team and you get shares uh, of the initial public offering and as your compensation, now you're what's called an insider because you're part of that management team. And therefore, when you first go IPO, you are restricted from selling those shares in the open market for six months. You got to hold on to those shares for six months. So let's say the company goes out on IPO at $15 a share. Six months later, it's $8 a share. You just got crushed, didn't you? And it's pretty common 
that about six months after the IPO, the stock will sell below the IPO price. You are probably familiar with all the great IPOs and where they've done very well from the IPO to the, you know six months later. But most IPOs don't sell at six months later at their IPO price. They sell below it. So that's your biggest downside risk, depending on how many shares you have and all those things. But is it a bad thing? Not necessarily. I mean, it depends on, did you get the shares for free? So now you're making $8, $8 you didn't have before per share. So if it got cut in half, you can throw an IPO of 15. That's your biggest downside usually after an IPO. Okay, because of that restriction that you can't take advantage to turn that into income. And then you got it when you do turn it into income, it's the capital gains is all taxable. And if you do it within six months or do it within a year, it's short-term capital gains, which is at your ordinary income level. So it can get expensive tax-wise as well. Good question, though. Appreciate it. Okay. How about can the S&P continue its ways? Can it continue up? Can it continue up for the rest of the year? Well, it can. You know, there's a lot of doom and gloomers saying, oh my goodness, it looks like it's getting really up there and the earnings are going to be down and we still have that trade war going on and Europe is weak. Okay, there's lots of arguments on that side, but how about, the, how about these? Let's see, I got one, two, three, four arguments for the upside. First of all, we got sentiment, very bullish sentiment out there and have for a long time. So that is still with us. No, no, everybody's not depressed or anything. Trade deal. If China and that trade deal really gets through, I don't see how that could be negative for the market. It, might, it could sell back a little bit because it could be one of those buy the rumor, sell the news, and it's gone up already. But it, no matter what, how you would look at it, long term, it's a positive thing if they get the trade deal. Earnings perceptions. Right now, the earnings perceptions going for this year are pretty low. The perception is that we're going to have uh, very poor comparisons from last year. And that, that's already built in the market. We know that. So that there's going to, I'm thinking that maybe it's only going to go up because we've already been depressed with low estimates. So if the earnings come in better, continue to be better, the, 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 the comparisons could be looking good and that could drive the market. And how about the Federal Reserve looks clearly, clearly going to stay on the sideline for a while. They may stay on the sideline for the rest of the year. And there's no inflation. So those are pretty positive things for a market. I'm Steve Peasley, and you understand what we do here on Invest Talk, right? You know what we do. We help you work toward your goal of achieving financial freedom. That's what we do. And that will continue right after this break. 888-99-CHART. The next Invest Talk, Lyft will reportedly launch a roadshow for their up to $2 billion IPO. Lyft is trying to head off investor interest in a planned Uber IPO. That story tomorrow, but now Steve is here ready with answers and he's waiting for your calls. 888 99Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Clay from uh, Baltimore. Thanks so much as always for the show. I was hoping you could take a peek at Dow DuPont. DWDP. 
let me know what you think. I have a small position. It got beat up like a lot of other things, but I'm wondering if it's a, a good spot to buy down here and just kind of hold for the long run. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's bottomed. Uh, it fell in November to about fifty one dollars. Then in the in the big fall for the whole market, it fell to forty nine dollars in late December, and then in the middle of February down to fifty one dollars again. And today it's at fifty five. So that looks like a inverse or reverse head and shoulders to me, and that's a very positive. Uh, pattern in the stock market so i think this is about it bottomed i think this is dow dupont everybody dow chemical and dupont combined and they call them dow dupont inc uh and the symbol is d w d p they're out of midland michigan manufactures plastics chemicals agricultural products for the global food transportation and other markets it is a 126 billion dollar company pays a 2.8 percent dividend and it has the earnings shrink are going to shrink this year about three percent. Sales were really strong up until this most recent quarter, and they were flat. Okay, so that's probably why it fell from seventy dollars all the way down to fifty-one back in October, November, September, October, November last year, because of this final quarter of the year was anticipated to not be so good. So unless they continue that next year, it looks like it's now gone sideways from November, up and down, up and down, between $50 and $58 or so, 59 So it's been up and down, up and down. So it would be nice if it breaks above 59 because that's been the short-term resistance. The 200-day moving average is 60 So that's where you would like to see it break above. So I think this looks like it's put in the bottom. Long-term, this is kind of where you want to buy it. It's not the strongest company. Return on equity is only 10%. That's a little blight. But you got to remember, you're dealing with a $126 billion company. It doesn't have a lot of debt, uh, which is good. Mutual funds have been net buyers over the last year, a couple of hundred more funds than they had the year before. So, and, you know, funds own 41% of the company. So they have room to own more, don't they? So I kind of like it here. Kind of like it. My, you can obviously wait for the next pullback in, pull in the market, but what if that doesn't happen? I don't know if it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. There will be a pullback in the market, that's for sure. But when? And how much? I don't know those answers. No one does. Okay? Now, if you want a bad retirement, here's some things you can do. This is how you achieve a bad retirement. Keep thinking that the retirement date is way in the future. Keep thinking that. You keep thinking that, you are going to have a bad retirement because it's coming a lot closer and a lot faster than you know. Avoid saving when you're young. Okay, avoid it. See how that works out when you get old. Think you can work for as long as you like. Did you know that most workers at age 65 don't stop working because they want to? They are forced out because they can't do the job. So don't think you can just work forever at the job. You may not be able to. You think that way, you're going to be out of a job and you don't have enough money saved or investments. Live day to day while you're young. I, I this this is my, my one of my favorite stories is one of my sister-in-laws. Uh, we were talking about this I don't know 30 years ago, 
And I remember just clearly saying, boy, you guys, you know, you're your husband, you guys need to start saving for retirement. And the answer was, oh, we want to we want to spend our money while we're young. We want to be able to enjoy these trips and enjoy our life while we're young. Well, now she's not so young and doesn't have any money. Okay. Enjoy it when you're young. Sure. And I'm not against enjoying it when you're young. But, you know, think about it sensibly. Or how about this? Ignore IRAs, 401ks, and all those tax Deferred account, just ignore them. Don't worry about them. Yeah, you'll ensure a bad retirement. And finally, assume you're going to spend less in retirement than you are now. Man, a lot of people spend more because they like to travel. Don't assume that. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Top program. And I thank you for your loyal support and all your questions. Listeners ask every week questions and i really enjoy and appreciate it really do we'll be back tomorrow i'll be here and remember one of our favorite pieces of software out there which we talk about a lot is y charts i don't i should really talk about it because i read a lot of the stuff i'm that i'm talking to you about from y charts have a nice weekend there oh it's not a weekend have a nice night everybody i'll see you tomorrow Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.